0: Welcome to the podcast where we answer the question, that's healthy? This is your host, Hope Brandt. Social media has really done a doozy on our perception of health and wellness, and I want to help set the record straight. Quick fixes and fad diets? Unachievable beauty standards? Extreme fitness challenges that leave you more broken than when you started? I'll pass. Taking ownership of your choices, treating your body and mind with respect— Filling your life with things and people that lift you up instead of tear you down. Yeah, that's healthy. And that's exactly what you'll find here. Let's start the show. Hello. (laughs) I am so absolutely thrilled to be here. Welcome to That's Healthy. I'm so, so excited for this podcast and just feeling really hopeful about this venture. So I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad to be in your earbuds, headphones, car speakers (laughs) right now. And I hope you're ready to settle in and have a nice little chat. So this first episode, we're going to talk about me. (laughs) But my hope is from my story, you can take something tangible that you can apply or adjust in your own life. Because I did not start out <laughs> where I am today, right? There have been a lot of freaking chapters in this book. So we're going to do a little bit of a rewind and kind of go through my personal dieting, weight loss, nutrition, philosophy, history, and kind of go through what has changed what stayed the same and what i have altered or changed my mind about through my experience of becoming a registered dietitian being a nutrition coach for going on about 4 years now and how how all of that experience has changed the way i view nutrition the way i think about nutrition the way i talk about nutrition the way i coach nutrition <laughs> it's changed everything so we're going to go ahead and get into this subject matter but a very, very important thing that I need to talk about before we we get into that subject matter is if you only came here to to hear what gender my baby is, well, wait no longer. We are having a baby girl. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We're so excited. David and I both thought it was a boy the literal entire time, the whole time from the very first ultrasound where I was like eight weeks, you know, we saw our little frog, <laughs> our little lizard creature <laughs> in the ultrasound picture. And we looked at each other. And we both said, I I'm getting boy vibes. Like, it's just we both for no reason just thought it was a boy um, and not even because, you know, we We wanted a boy instead of a girl, you know, we would have been absolutely thrilled either way. But we just we thought it was a boy. Um, so we were we were super surprised (laughs) when we went back for my 20-week appointment. And the ultrasound tech said, Well, what do y'all think it is? And I looked at her and I said, Well, we we have both thought that it's a boy this whole time. And she said, Well, you're wrong. It's a girl. And of course, I immediately burst into tears. David had no reaction at all <laughs> in classic Hope and David <laughs> form. But I mean, he didn't have no reaction. He's, he's very, very happy. He's going to be the actual best girl dad in the whole world. <laughs> I'm sure if I hadn't you know, been worried about wiping up my own tears. Uh, maybe he was tearing up a little too. He gets very, very quiet when he gets emotional. So who knows? Maybe I just missed it. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's going to be a girl. I, as of this day, I think we have a name picked out. We are, we're still open. If some new inspiration hits us, I'm mostly just saying that. So David doesn't rebel against the name that we've chosen, <laughs> but I think we've decided on a name and I I'll tell y'all, um, you know, eventually once, you know, it's kind of a little more in stone and we tell our families and stuff, but it's just been such a fun adventure so far. Not, not all the time. Definitely not fun all the time. <laughs> There have been some days and some mood swings where it's been less than fun, I would say. But the second that we found out it was a girl, it felt like my entire world changed. Sorry, I don't mean to get emotional. <laughs> um, I'm just so, so excited and feel so privileged to... Be able to be a mom to this little (laughs) sweet angel that we're going to bring into the world. And it truly just solidifies the purpose of what I'm doing even more because I want my daughter to come into a world and to see the example of her mom treating her body with love and respect and prioritizing my health, not for vanity reasons, but so I can be the best that I can be for myself and for my family. And I'm just so overcome with excitement and just feeling absolutely blessed to be able to be on this journey. So um, we're having a girl. And we're so excited. It's still just, it hardly even feels real to say. We're just absolutely over the moon. So I appreciate you sharing in this excitement with me. And I do plan <laughs> on, you know, sharing. I don't think, you know, I'll just have to see where my boundaries lie and what we feel comfortable with when she gets here. But I, consider you guys to be a part of my life and i just am so tickled <laughs> that you are here and participating on all the ups and downs of the different aspects of of this life with me. So that's the big news and we'll talk about nutrition now. I promise. So let's kind of get into the heart of the matter here and what we're talking about today. And really, I'm going to kind of just start from the very beginning of my journey, and it's going to seem, I guess, like the very, very beginning, but it all comes together and all ties in, Um, and it all has influenced the way I see things today. So, way back in, uh, I guess it was 2017, we moved to Tahlequah, and... It was a very interesting time in both of our lives. We had, oh gosh, it was before that. I guess it was like 2015. Oh, holy cow. Okay, because we moved to Tahlequah before we were married officially. (laughs) So David and I moved to Tahlequah. We're pretty isolated. We're by ourselves. We were not in a place where we were super happy, you know, with our jobs or with extracurriculars or things like that. You know, it just, I think we're both kind of looking for, and I know I was specifically, thinking, you know, there has to be something more fulfilling that can occupy my time, you know, than just waking up, going to work, coming home, ordering food and watching TV, you know, like I was just feeling like I was not living up to my personal potential. And that (laughs) is my absolute worst nightmare as I don't know if you do the Enneagram stuff or know about it, but I love doing personality tests and personality quizzes. I think they're so much fun. Um, And some of them can be super insightful. I actually have all of my clients do the Enneagram test (laughs) so I can see, you know, just kind of where they're coming from and get a little more insight into maybe, you know, how they approach things and how they view the world. So if you know anything about that, I'm an Enneagram three with a super strong four wing, which is kind of a conundrum <laughs> because threes are very like image focused achievers and fours are very much about finding uniqueness and prioritizing authenticity. <laughs> so it's kind of an interesting balance to strike Um, with, you know, Knowing that you value how you're perceived by the outside world, but still more so valuing your own authenticity. authen. Autent- I literally cannot say that word. Authenticity. Oh my gosh, someone get me a speech path. Anyways, so not living up or feeling like I was not living up to my potential was literally plaguing me constantly like I was not sleeping well I wasn't functioning well I just it literally felt like I was kind of a shell of myself and I didn't know what my my purpose was but I was intent on finding it so and I still do this I choose words of the year and that year a couple years I passed at that point so I guess this is around 2017 I chose the word purpose for my word of the year and I began just looking for ways That I could live my purpose on this earth because I truly believe that the Lord Jesus has imparted a unique purpose in each of us. And I knew that I wasn't doing my part to seek that out and find it. And I knew for certain that I wasn't living it. And so, purpose is the word I chose. And by March of that year, we had decided to send me back to school to be a registered dietitian. So while that was going on, you know, I was kind of having a moment with my own personal nutrition. I had lost about 25 or 30 pounds since my wedding, you know, about a year and a half before that. And I was cooking. I was obsessed with, you know, how food affected our bodies. And this is one of those things, um, we'll go back to this, talking about how my nutrition philosophy has changed. But if I talk about this, you know, anytime I talk about my own history, but I actually started, how I got into nutrition was doing the paleo diet. Um, I was very strict on the paleo diet, and it was the first time that I could make the connection between the food I was eating and how my body physically felt. It did not start from a place of looking for weight loss or wanting to change my body, which is one of the things that I'm the most thankful for that I really appreciate about my journey because I don't think I would have been able to do what I did had it only been based on wanting to change my physical appearance. But it was based on wanting to do something good for me and wanting to prioritize my health because I did not feel healthy in any sense. I was already working out. I'd been working out for a few years at that point, pretty regularly. Um, I started CrossFit when I was in college at LSU. Shout out to go CrossFit. My OG gym, absolutely adore them. So uh, I was still doing CrossFit or a similar exercise when I was in Tahlequah those first few years. And... (sighs) Despite <laughs> still being pretty consistent with that exercise routine, it just wasn't enough. And, you know, we we know that to be true. And I, I talk about it to my clients as well, that nutrition is one of the main drivers of a, you know, seeing the body composition change you want to see, but also literally being able to feel your best throughout the day. Exercise is super, super important and impactful in its own right. but. If we are not looking at both of those things, when it comes to creating a lifestyle that's going to be the most beneficial for our health, then we're doing ourselves a disservice. We have to be looking at both of those prongs of an approach. So I had already had the exercise down pat and I think that's a fantastic place to start because exercise happens typically, you know, once a day and doesn't even have to happen every day. You know, if you work out once a day, four times a week, then you're setting yourself up for some success if you're following a program that's designed to produce the results that you want to see. So doing something (laughs) four times a week is a lot easier to start with than thinking about doing something, you know, up to six times a day, every day a week. You know, there's a lot less opportunity to mess up if we're just looking at doing something four times a week rather than literally changing the way that you eat every time you eat every day, right? It's complicated and it's, it's difficult to do. So that being said, I think exercise and dialing in there is a fantastic place to start if nutrition seems overwhelming. However, and you'll hear me say this, So many times, nutrition does not have to be all or nothing, and this is something that has definitely evolved in one of my my bigger philosophy changes. Again, we'll come back to those things, and I'll kind of list them out once I get through describing my story. So let's go back to where I'm eating strict paleo. I loved it at the time because it gave me a structure. It was super simple to follow. It wasn't easy <laughs> to follow. It took a lot of unnecessary or now looking back on it, it took a lot of unnecessary sacrifice, but the rules were simple, right? And a lot of times this is why diets catch like wildfire. It's because they're very simple and you can wrap your brain around it really really easily. And you can do it by yourself. So, there I was, going strict paleo, realizing, "Hey, whatever this is doing, my body feels great. Again, in retrospect, (laughs) well, let's talk about paleo. If you don't know what paleo is, it's, and I've talked about this before, I think, you know, if I had to choose (laughs) a quote-unquote diet to go on again, I'd probably choose paleo if I had to because I think there are some really great principles that the philosophy instills, right? so. Paleo is mostly whole foods. It cuts out red flag, FYI. Um it cuts out dairy, grains, soy, sugar, processed foods. Although there's so many processed foods now that label themselves as paleo, which is just kind of ironic because that's not the heart of the movement. But anyway. So I was really looking at it as more of okay, what can I not have? And then you create your diet around things that you can have. So it was very fruit, vegetable, meat focused, which, you know, is not a terrible thing. Um there were no major macro nutrient food groups that were cut out, right? So it wasn't like keto where you eat super super low carb or it wasn't low fat where you'd eat, you know, low fat. Um, it was still pretty balanced in that regard. However, I did <laughs> also choose to eat much lower carb because that was the trendy thing to do at the time. People, especially in the like paleo CrossFit space, that's kind of where that I picked the diet up from, were very much into going low carb. Not necessarily keto specifically, but which again, in retrospect, kind of really makes no sense <laughs> because you're not giving your body a great fuel source either way. If you're eating, you know, just under the amount of carbs that you need to produce the desired amount of energy for your body and fuel workouts, but also not eating low enough carb to bring your body into ketosis, it, I mean, it literally, makes zero sense when i look back on it um which is why i would never tell you to do what i did <laughs> but going through this experience has shaped my view of nutrition and really created a perspective that i think lends lends itself to to showing empathy to wherever you are on your journey because i've been there and i've done some dumbass stuff <laughs> And I thought I was doing really smart stuff at the time. And I would have told you that, like, you should do what I do. You should do what I'm doing. And, you know, I was uh, out to lunch. <laughs> um, so uh, I was strict paleo for, oh, I mean, a solid three to four years, genuinely. And truly thought that was the way, the truth, and the life <laughs> I was very much kind of holier than thou in my view of my nutrition. You know, like, I don't eat added sugar. I don't eat bread or grains or, you know, any of these foods that are less than. You know, if I had talked to myself about nutrition, I would have thought I was extremely obnoxious. So, if you ever had that thought, (laughs) if we interacted... You know, uh, however long ago that was, oh golly, had to be five or six years ago now, and you thought I was obnoxious? Look, I don't blame you. I really don't. <laughs> I think I was obnoxious. <laughs> however, eating in that way, prioritizing meat, fruit, vegetables, um, some really quality sources of nutrition, that was the thing, in retrospect, of course, that I realized changed the way my body felt and the way it looked. You know, at a certain point, it, you know, following that way of nutrition for so long, I started to see my body change and realize like, "Oh, shoot. I need to buy, you know, some new clothes. My clothes are baggy and not fitting." And it really just continued to drive home the impact that what you eat can have on your body and your health. And so, even though I was in the throes of diet culture, following the paleo diet, um, had so many food rules, had such a pretentious outlook on food quality, that is what got me hooked on nutrition and wanting to to dedicate my career to nutrition um, because I truly thought this is the thing that I can be fascinated with and can learn about forever. And I think that this can help me help other people because I felt physically so much better. And from that point, so when I went into my undergrad for nutritional science, I had already, I graduated from LSU with a degree in mass communication, so I already had some credits under my belt, but (laughs) I didn't have any of the science, any of the math, any of the statistics, the chemistry, the biochem, the, you know, all the things. I didn't have any of that. So I had to go back to the very, very beginning on all of the sciences because I'd only taken like gen ed science for non-science majors. So I had to go back and take it for a science major. And I think a lot of people don't realize this, but the curriculum that you go through to be a dietitian is extremely similar to what med students go through in their undergrad. You know, we were in classes with the future doctors and PTs and SLPs of the world. So it's a strenuous <laughs> curriculum that is extremely... Technically sound, so I think that you know, it's just dietitians don't get the recognition that they deserve for you know the type of education that they have. So while I was in school in my undergrad, going through all of my beginning sciences, um, and even through my nutrition classes, I was still very much, On the paleo train, when I when I first made my Hopewell Health account in my bio, it said paleo, like I was categorizing myself as a paleo nutritionist. So, um, that (laughs) shows you how far I've come and how much I've changed, but. It's just really funny. I have I have a future episode in mind where I go back <laughs> and roast some of my previous posts. So stay tuned for that one. <laughs> can't wait. But I mean, if you can't roast yourself, then <laughs> you haven't changed enough, okay? Growing is a part of life. So you got to be able to look back and say, <laughs> I was wrong. Not only was I wrong, I was extremely wrong. Could not have been more wrong and you learn and you grow. <laughs> what really started changing the way that I approached nutrition is going through my dietetic internship. There are a few factors that changed the way I looked at nutrition. The first being the accessibility or really the, the inaccessibility of a lot of the type of nutrition and wellness that was being pushed That was so clearly unobtainable for a large sect of the population. And so I started to think and it made me wonder how these things could be the only way to wellness if it wasn't accessible. So things like eating only organic, things like eating grass fed meat and free-range eggs and all these special flours and sugars, like, you know, apparently coconut sugar was okay to have for the paleo diet, but not regular white sugar. (laughs) It makes no sense, you guys. It really doesn't. The argument for coconut sugar was that it had, like, some more minerals in it. Please, please, sugar is not where you get your minerals. Anyway, I digress, but there are some things that were just glaring discrepancies that were very hard to overlook. If I wanted to truly help people make their life better through nutrition, and I kind of opened my eyes and realized this is not the way to help people make their lives better, this is putting a burden on people, and it really shifted how I was viewing nutrition and the views that I held as far as what was healthy and what was not healthy. Next was learning more about specific macronutrients and how they work in your body and in your diet as a whole. When I was eating paleo and before I had enough education to know, you know, I was reading blogs and listening to other nutrition podcasts from people who were not dietitians or who did not have any type of, you know, higher credential that I would kind of look for at this point. Not to say you have to have a credential to be credible. That's not true. Um, And there are some very smart people doing great things who don't have any credentials, right? So I'm not saying that's a prerequisite to where you get your information, but It is nice to know and it can help you kind of weed through the sources that we see nowadays and at least give you a starting point to start looking for credible information. So I was following, you know, bloggers, other people who were nutritionists and specifically paleo people. (laughs) And one of the big things that was pushed is you know focusing on the quality of food that you're eating and if you focus on quality then you don't have to focus on quantity because you're taking all of the bad things out of your diet and so then you're going to be healthy no matter what you know if you're not eating gluten and you're not eating soy and you're not eating grains and you're not eating sugar or processed foods and that is faulty logic that's not how it works so Once I started looking at the value of both food quality, right, we still want to eat plenty of high-quality foods like fruits, vegetables, lean meats, all the things that give us the nutrients, vitamins, and minerals that we need to be healthy, right? Whole grains, legumes, we still want to focus on quality. But when we look at quantity of macronutrients that we're eating that's important too and can be a big driver in not only health outcomes but also body composition and really kind of bringing more of that context into my view completely shifted the way that I was able to look at nutrition and it really changed how I viewed food and you know when a, when you're following a diet typically i know when i was following the paleo diet it was very much This food is, you know, good, approved. This food's good. I cannot have this food. This food's bad. So it's very much categorizing every single food as good or bad. Specific ingredients, good or bad. I remember looking through every single salad dressing or sauce. And if it had canola oil, immediate no. Oh, that's bad for me. Canola oil is bad for me. Nope. And, (laughs) This is one of those red flags now that I look for that if someone is pushing that canola oils bad, I'm like, nope, uneducated, not up with the research, not into it and will not be listening to this person because that's just not what the research says. Not only is it not inflammatory, but it's an individual food. What we have to look at when we're judging the healthiness or unhealthiness of a diet is the actual, the overall context of everything that goes into what we're doing. It's not isolating good or bad and labeling foods as good or bad or like, oh, you eat red dye, whatever, bad. (sighs) I mean, this could be a whole episode in and of itself of... (laughs) food rules and how to remove labeling or how to remove the mindset of labeling your foods as good and bad because it really, you're missing the forest for the trees when you do that. So I was the queen of doing that (laughs) when I was following the paleo diet. So learning more about how macronutrients and micronutrients influence our bodies through going through, you know, my dietetic curriculum and my dietetic internship really changed how I viewed food. And it became that they were more players in an overall picture of my diet and didn't have to be isolated to specific ingredients that I had to include or avoid. So with going through... (laughs) continued education, more learning experiences, having the opportunity to be exposed to really smart and educated people who were able to challenge my views. Maybe not outright, right? Like I don't think I ever got in an altercation or even like a debate with anyone about what I believed about nutrition. But I'm thankful that I was willing to to have an open mind, to listen to people who had education that I didn't, that had experience that I didn't. And I think that was also a key player in, you know, being able to grow and evolve and and being open-minded enough to do that. So the two things that I'm thankful for (laughs) through my nutrition journey would be number one, starting and approaching changing my nutrition from a place of wanting to respect my body enough to treat it well that was truly the driver of why i was making nutrition changes and why i think i was able to um, stick with something long enough to to end up seeing the impact from that and number 2 being open minded enough to realize that being Choosing to be ignorant is worse than being wrong. And when you have new information, it's your responsibility to adjust your views to be more accurate to the new information that you have. And it's no personal fault to be wrong. Everyone is wrong. And especially when you're learning new things and you're creating new theories. And nutrition is a very new science. You're gonna be wrong. But the most important thing is to be humble enough to to admit when you're wrong and care about the betterment of the industry or, you know, care about the betterment of yourself or your family more than protecting your ego. And that can be really hard to do. But I'm thankful that I was open-minded enough to be able to take new information and let it better influence the way that I think and what I know about nutrition. So, that I don't even think I can say that's my story in a nutshell because I <laughs> that was a little long-winded. But I do want to go through this list specifically of three things, three major changes to my nutrition philosophy. And these things definitely influence the way that I talk, think, and, and coach uh, nutrition today. So first, first huge change to my nutrition was inclusivity. This is one of my principles of eating for comprehensive health. Be as inclusive as possible. The most inclusive diet is the most sustainable diet. When I was eating a paleo diet, right, it cut out so many st- Food groups like grains, beans, even, you know, told you to reduce fruit (laughs) at one point. So those are red flags. No one food group needs to be cut out unless you have a specific food allergy. Of course, right? You know who you are. If you're allergic to something, don't eat that. (laughs) But if you're not and you're just trying to build an overall sustainable, healthy diet, no food group needs to be cut out. No macronutrient needs to be cut out. The most inclusive diet is the most sustainable diet. And that was something that that changed for me over time for sure. And I can tell you, I am so much more content with my nutrition now that it is so much more inclusive. Okay. Um, the second huge thing that changed was I uh, was not only focusing on quality, but also quantity. Right? So quality will always 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 be important and is a great baseline for nutrition, right? We're talking about quality foods that are nutrient dense that give us vitamins, minerals, fiber, protein, carbohydrates, essential fats, all the things that we need. We're looking for those quality foods to make up the majority of our diet. But looking at quantity of our macronutrient ratio of, you know, how much of each Macronutrient, protein, carbohydrates, and fats, what our diet ratio looks like is also really important. And it's not just for changing your body composition, it's important for your health too. We need to make sure we're getting enough of each of those macronutrients to support our health in the best way. And if you only are focusing on quality, there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to hit that mark. They're both important both quality and quantity. A lot of times looking at quality can set you up to be making those really nutrient-dense choices, but it's not the only thing that matters. Quantity matters too. Okay, lastly, three. And this is something that I don't think we have even covered yet, but the third big change to my nutrition philosophy, not being afraid to enjoy my food. I feel like when someone is in the throes of diet culture or following a diet, it can feel dangerous to enjoy your food or to like what you're eating because you're always told that, you know, if you're on a diet, you're gonna, you're gonna hate what you're eating. It's quote, you know, diet food, it's bird food, it's, you know, whatever else. And if you're eating things that you enjoy, then you can't trust yourself, you're gonna overeat. If it tastes good, it's automatically bad for you. That is not true. And being able to enjoy your food is such an important aspect of a sustainable diet. And this is something that I talk with my clients about all the time. Because if you don't enjoy what you're doing, you're not going to be able to do it for very long. And then what's the point of that? We've just completely removed the sustainability that we're trying to create. So we're walking that line all the time between... Not going into overindulgence category, but not depriving ourselves to where we feel restricted. It's about finding the perfect balance for you of being able to enjoy your food, but still do what you need to do to achieve your goals. So it's tricky and it's difficult to get there. And it took me a lot of trial and error. And truly, the needle is always moving. I call this the nutritional pendulum. And you'll hear... You'll hear me talk about this when I interviewed Jordan Syatt too. It's going to be one of these episodes that dropped at the same time. So I'm so excited for you to listen in that one. But we talk about the nutritional pendulum, which is <laughs> on one side, we have the fuck it. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to eat whatever I want. I'm going to enjoy myself. It's really kind of hedonistic eating where you're only focused on the enjoyment of that food. And then on the other side, the pendulum swings back and it's uber restrictive. This is where, you know, you get into extreme calorie restriction or cutting out food groups, going on a fad diet or a cleanse. And it doesn't ever allow you to find your middle point because you're constantly just swinging back and forth between fuck it and uber restriction. And so where we want to end up is that balance point in the middle where you're you're still going to be swinging back and forth a little bit all the time, but there's going to be a range. And when you get to either edge of the range where you start to feel uncomfortable, it's time to push it back closer to that balance point. So if you're over restricting, okay, it's time to incorporate some more enjoyment in my diet. Or if you're over indulging, okay, it's time to incorporate a little bit more structure And being able to find that balance point is key and being able to create a sustainable diet that's going to yield the results that we want to see. So, but not being afraid to enjoy your food (laughs) is a key element of being able to create that sustainability. Okay, I am going to wrap this up, but I hope that you were able to take something from my journey and know that I have waded through the shit. I have gone through being on a diet, having food rules, taking nutrition advice from unreliable sources, and having to weed all that out and come to terms with that and create a truly sustainable diet for myself, you know, while continuing to learn, grow, and evolve. So I have not, I still don't even view myself as having all of my shit together, but I've not always been the balanced or really healthy eater that I am today. And I know that it's hard to get to this point because I went through it and it was hard. <laughs> and it takes time, it takes effort, and I made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> and those are. Three of the realistic expectations that I have all of my clients come to terms with. This is something we talk about in the very, very, very first Hopeful Approach lesson. Accepting these realistic expectations that it will take time, it will take effort, and you will make mistakes. But coming to a point of forming that nutritional autonomy where you're making these choices for yourself not based on food rules, not based on following a diet, not based on following what some nutrition influencer says you should do, (laughs) but going off of your personal experience, reliable information, and being able to make those choices for yourself. That's where you can end up. And it's not as easy as following a set of rules, but it's so much more rewarding when you can make those choices for yourself and You only have to rely on yourself to make those choices, not asking anyone else if this is healthy, not Google searching inflammatory foods, you know, all of these little catchy things that people, people use to, to hook you back into diet culture. You have the capability of forming a truly sustainable diet, but it's going to take time. It's going to take effort. And you're going to make mistakes. (laughs) But if you're looking for the right information and you are committed to being resilient, then you will get there. But wait, (laughs) before you go, I'd love it if you'd share this episode with a friend who needs it. And to make sure we stay connected, find me on social media at hopewell underscore health, or for more information about my nutrition coaching services, check out my website, hopewellhealth.online. And always remember, you are smart, capable, and talented. You have what it takes. I'm just here to educate and encourage you along the way. Catch you next time.